Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a man who loves the rain, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Anglian, Elliot Friedman, and a man who still hasn't posted his Twitter video declaring me a genius. Will Everett. Will, how are you? I'm very well, Dan. Very well. I, I forget about that bet every, you know, for 13 days until maybe three hours before we record it. Oh, yeah, I need to do that at some point and uh, probably forget again. I feel the good news is it's a bet that will last forever until one of us is... And all you've got to do is outlive me, Will, and then that's it. <laughs> no, but then I'd, I'd imagine that you'll leave Sarah to chase me down with more uh, <laughs> with more effort than you have. I'll have I'll have my kid chasing your kid when she's 40, saying, where's this goddamn video? <laughs> from my dad. <laughs> so I've, I've been estranged from my father for 35 years. I don't know, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Ever since I told my dad I was marrying a ventriloquist, he stopped speaking to me. But I don't care. I have to fulfil his. I have to fulfil his legacy of getting this video done. <laughs> it was it was this hockey stuff that drove my family apart to start with. How dare you come to me with this nonsense? Yeah, George is like I married a Habs fan. He never spoke to me after that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's reasonable no matter who you, who you absolutely support. Absolutely. Really, the only the only caveat, aside from the obvious things, you know, that horrible men do sometimes. The only sports caveat I have is that she cannot bring home a Rangers fan. That's it. Even a Habs fan, it's fine. I don't obviously I don't live there. I'm not that you know, I don't like them, but it's not like Rangers. That's 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 it. Wouldn't you be interested? But that'd be interesting no. though, wouldn't it? No. Just for the debate. No. 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 In always. In always no. You're a you're a sports sport. You really are. Like it'd be sport. kind of Yeah, but like I don't know. It'd be good, it'd be something to bond over, the fact that you have to legally hate each other. I don't think you know what the word bond means, do you? <laughs> I mean, roughly. You know, it's, uh, it's that bloke <laughs> with a gun, isn't it? Very roughly, as in not. It makes for You could become like a YouTube sensation out of that. Like, make your own sort of... Not document, <laughs> like a real-life sitcom. You know, I was going to say... Father-in-law's a Celtic fan. He's a Rangers <laughs> fan. How will they get together? Hilarity ensues. It's got Channel 5 written all over it. What if he's like either a, a New York Rangers fan or like a Texas Rangers fan? No, that's fine. And he, but he's constantly banging on about Rangers. Would that be too close no, that's to the fine. mark for you? If I can, you know, as long as, as long as I'm aware that he's differentiating between hockey or baseball and footy, I'm, I'm fine with that. There's, there's no problems there. But there, there's still going to be a, 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 like a severe amount of blue and red Rangers related paraphernalia around. What well, no, because the Texas, the Texas and... Rangers play in red and white. Oh, I thought they were blue and red. No. All right, say he's a say he's a New York hockey Rangers fan, and he's Scottish <laughs> from Glasgow, and he's constantly banging on about Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fine. I that... can differentiate. I'm a, I am a simpleton, but not that much of a simpleton. Could you not like convince yourself that if you had a a, a Glasgow Rangers fan, son-in-law? Or daughter-in-law, that they were actually just talking about the New York Rangers, and you just got, no. they'd be like, "Oh yeah, do you see that Rangers game at the weekend, Dan? Oh yeah, they did, did really well against the Ducks. Capo Caco's on fire, didn't they? Like, oh no, I'm talking about. Never mind. Yeah, no, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. I'm afraid. Yeah, you play sport, sport as always. Would you not be? Would you not be the same if if your daughter came home one day with a United fan and his favourite player ever was Robin Van Persie? <laughs> That's so unfair. And he's just banging on about all those goals Van Persie scored to win the league. 
<laughs> yeah, but that's a very specific. <laughs> you very, just did the same thing situation. to me. You just <laughs> said the same essential thing to me. <laughs> to be to be so specific about like that one year that Van Persie, um, but like how many how many Celtic players have gone on to to play for Rangers and have a good, yeah, you know, the, the Van Persie situation. Yeah, the Van Persie situation is such a specific sequence of betrayals that. I don't think you can really replicate that, you know, as much as you get players crossing the divide. No, I get it. I was just trying to think. I, was, I couldn't think that was anything I could think of. Any sports kind of thing that would push your buttons in that way. Oh yeah, and that is that is the one. That, yeah, that there you the go. One. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or like if this is, if, now, this is my boyfriend Robin. His dad named him <laughs> after Robin Van Persie. <laughs> His three favourite United players are Robin Van Persie, Ruth Van der and Gary Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, Mil- he's Robin Rude Neville Smith, whatever. His two middle names are Rude and Neville. <laughs> Robin Rude Neville Neville Smith. <laughs> there you go, you see. Exactly. See? See, there are limits. There are limits. There are limits. Though, though the limits of my fandom are being tested now, Dan, with having to cheer for Corey Perry this season coming. So Good uh, point. <laughs> Good point, I actually. My, I didn't think of that. My ability to um to experience water under the bridge is gonna be tested. And hopefully improved after all this uh, this fiasco that will be the nineteen twenty season. Well, the good news is now, as a as a sports fan, you now get to cheer a player because he's now wearing a different coloured jersey. As we've discussed before, that now makes him okay. Yeah, he's he's gone from being a reprehensible vestige of human waste to to being a guy you quite like, actually. Yeah, he's now he's now gone to being a decent pickup for such a short amount of cap space. <laughs> the the thing I'm worried about. With Perry specifically, it's like so, so great example for for former stars around the league. Antoine Roussel, with Roussel, yes. he, like he's not got the history of being a former MVP and a former fifty goal scorer, and he wasn't being brought in with the the hope of bolstering the top six. I feel like Perry, if he doesn't produce at least somewhat, you know, maybe sort of thirty, thirty five, forty points, any. Any nonsense, any shenanigans that he produces are just going to be more of a like, oh, we could have had any old dickhead doing this and now we've got Corey Perry doing it. Yeah, essentially you're going to be looking for anything to prove you, prove your hatred right. If you do, The second oh, yeah. there's anything wrong, you can be like, I knew it, I knew it. I knew he was the <laughs> first time he whiffs on an open goal. Useless. How many? Okay, yeah, so how many points does Corey Perry have to have for you this season for you to kind of... You know, just be okay. That's fine. I'll take that. That's okay. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think if he if he hits what's like his cap 30, hit like one point five or something. Yeah, but it so it's a one point five base, and he gets like an extra two hundred and fifty grand for every ten games he plays. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. And then some extras in the playoffs, but nothing nothing major. It's it's more about regular season. Yeah, if he gets to fifty games played, then he goes up to like a two point five or a two point seven five cap hit, which is pretty significant. And chances are he is going to play all those games. As long as he outscores Andrew Cogliano, I'll be happy. I need a, I need a number. I need a number. How many points will it take for you to say, all right, that's fine. You did a good job. Oh, good job. 35. Oh, all right, sorry, a decent least. job. For his cap hit, a decent job. What were you accept yeah, points Yeah, like? 35. 35. Because if he does end up on like 2.75, like that's, that's not an insignificant whack. No. That's that's two and three quarters, Kevin Le- Kevin LeBanks. <laughs> that's almost an oh, entire God. line of Kevin LeBanks. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. I don't mind it, but apprehensive. Well, I was going to ask you a question of the week, but it wasn't really that good a question, and I'm happy with this opening bit, so should we start the show? Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> Time to bounce around the world. I'll start this week. The Asian Hockey League was formed in 2003 after the collapse of the Korean Hockey League and the decline in popularity of the Japanese Hockey League. There are currently seven teams in the Asian Hockey League four from Japan, one from Russia, and two from South Korea. <laughs> one of the best oh, is, things. That, is that like Vladivostok or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, the, the, the team from Russia is a PSK Sakhalin, or Sakhalin, how'd you say it? I don't know. I, I but, couldn't uh, tell you. PSK. Yeah, and they, they, are the, they are the current champions after they defeated, look at this for a name, the Nippon Paper Cranes oh, in mate, the final. bad boy. What a great name. There's also a team called, I think it's the Daemon Killer Whales. Oh, I think it's a great name for a hockey team. Is that, are, they, are they both Japanese? I think so. I mean, yeah. to be fair, yeah, I've got a, a sort of a fifty percent chance of one of them being South Korean. So you're right. you're, cl- you're close enough, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched Arrested Development? Oh, I've watched like a bit of it. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen when they adopt the Korean boy? <laughs> no, I've not. Okay, so there's a Korean boy, and when he comes into that the the Bluth family home for the first time, he says "Onyang," which is "hello" in Korean, but they think that's his name. So they keep calling him Anyang, but he thinks they're saying hello. So he says it back. <laughs> so they're getting like these words, just Anyang, Anyang, Anyang. <laughs> but there is a pre-season trophy in the Asian Hockey League called the Anyang Cup, which is amazing. <laughs> the Anyang Cup, the Hello Cup. The only other sort of super interesting, well, not super interesting, but the funny thing I found was that they, of course, have awards at the end of the season, like every every league does. Their rookie of the year is called the young guy of the year. <laughs> yep, and they like have an it. official is that great? And they have an official end of season award for the best hockey town, which I think is something else that's pretty cool. It's like, like best fans sort of thing. Well it says best hockey town. So I'm maybe thinking you like like Nashville do, you know, like smashing the car with a sledgehammer and all that kind of thing. I guess that's taken into consideration not just the best fans, but the best kind of experience. Yeah. yeah I'd like yeah. I'd, that'd be good in H I'd like to see that in the NHL. Just see how teams could kind of try and top each other with stuff. Ah, oh, but like anything though, like the NHL just do a really shit watered down version where we don't actually get anywhere with it. Yeah, it's a good point. Do you want to know but I like the young, one? the young, the young guy of the year. I think that's, that's great. That's proper good, proper good. And the Hello Cup, I like that. <laughs> yeah, the Onion Cup, Hello Cup. <laughs> better than the bloody Premiership Asia Trophy or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, good point. That's a Kalen. Is I, I love Russia so much. It's like Vladivostok. Is a uh, the f- furthest, most east KHL team, and they are okay. the, the other side of China with a little bit of Russia sliding down. Yeah, I say I say a little bit of Russia. It's bigger than both North Korea and South Korea combined, but just a little bit. Of course. And there's so imagine imagine Japan. Yeah, so you've got the little curve of Japan, all the different islands and stuff. There's a big thin island as close to Japan as the rest of Japan is to itself. If that makes any sense. And yeah. that's also Russia. <laughs> and that's where Sakalin is. It's basically like Japan light, 
Oh my god. Dai Japan. Mad. Yeah, Dai Japan. Fucking right, okay. So what did you have then? I've got the DEL, Dan. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe. Enlighten me. The uh, the Deutschen Eishockey Liga. Not to be oh, confused course, yes. with the uh, Lithuanian word for because of. So <laughs> the DEL is, to use a colloquial term, smashing it at the moment. German hockey at the moment is it's, it's, it's on the up and up, Dan. It's on the up and up. You've got... You know, big name prospects like Moritz Sider being taken sixth overall by the Detroit Red Wings. Dominic Bock was taken in 2018. These are players who played in, in the DEL in the draft year. Top prospect for the next coming draft, Tim Stutzel, I believe. He's got, he's just committed to playing in the DEL for the next year. So they've got, they're hanging on to their, their young talent for the future, which is good. And, and even just looking further around the... German hockey landscape and around the rest of the NHL, you've got some really big players like Thomas Grice, Philip Grubauer, Dominic Kahn, Leon Dreisaitl, I don't know if you've heard of him. Like yeah, German yeah. hockey is is getting there. And like the DEL is the fact that they're hanging on to their good young players before they migrate to the NHL, yeah, it could easily be up there with sort of the Liga and the SHL in a, in a few years' time. So yeah, the DEL, keep your eyes out for it. The terrifying thing is, is that as footy fans, we are well aware of German efficiency, oh, fuck and no. that if the German, German sport sports, efficiency, yeah, German sports efficiency is a terrifying, non, uh, unstoppable machine. And if they suddenly decide, oh, we'll have a bit of this ice hockey lark, they will pretty much take over the like the sporting hockey world in about ten years, probably. So, yeah, it makes it does, does not surprise me at all that um, suddenly Germany's getting these players into and and around the NHL. I guarantee they're probably already doing it. Like the wheels are in motion for that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. For just sure. as, sure. just as they did with um with that 2010 team, they just chucked them all together when they were like 14 years old and were like, right, play together. You're going to be the national team for the 2010 World Cup and you're going to bang it. All right. Yeah, and you're going to win it. Yeah. I'll let you go. What have you got for not hockey news this week? Uh, I've got a couple of bits. First, to be uh, on a personal note, I've been watching a lot of Neon Genesis Evangelion. I was uh, I got sort of. You know, cult, you know, cult classic anime that's finally on, on Netflix. Got about halfway through. Didn't I was enjoying it, but wasn't really getting the hype that was making it the most sought after Japanese animated program of all time. And then you get to about episode eighteen, and my brain is now melted. So uh, yeah, <laughs> check it out. It's pretty mad. But uh, the the news I've got is if you heard about the Huddersfield Town home kit for nineteen twenty season day. <laughs> Please tell me that's a joke. Please. I'd, see, I thought it was. So, so for the uninitiated, Huddersfield Town, a football team, they've released their new kit and they've played a couple of pre-season friendlies in their new kit now. Traditionally, it must be real then. It, it is. Well, it's, I'd, again, I'll get to this in a sec. Blue and white vertical stripes, you know, white shorts, I think, blue and white socks, pretty standard fare. Their new kit has got a diagonal sash that I'd say is about six inches wide with paddypower.com just blazoned over it. It's the most insane implementation of, of advertising that I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, like you said, Dan, initially it was it was sort of rumoured that it might just be a joke, might just be a bit of a prank, but um, the FA have now stepped in and want to know what the hell's going on with it. Because <laughs> it is really, like the, the sponsor is... There's there's having a large dominating sponsor and this is just taking a piss. It's like they're wearing a Miss Universe sash, but it just says <laughs> pad, exactly, Paddy Power. Yeah, if you can't it. understand what Will's saying, it looks exactly like the Miss Universe sash, but it says on it Paddy Power instead of Miss Canada or something. Oh, it's offensive. 
I kind of like it. I kind of like it just for the fucking balls of doing it. But but it's also the most reprehensible thing that's ever happened to football. But it's also yeah, it's also absolutely atrocious. I feel that sponsorships on footy shirts are normally about I'd say about what ten. There must be a rule like you must have it must be this much percentage. They're about ten percent maybe something like that. I think that's why the FA is stepping in. They're saying look, look yeah, this and this is, is about forty percent of the shirt. It's just oh it's God. just the sponsor. And, and the way it's it's, it's just block black letters on a white background and it's so yeah, there's no mistake in it I mean, it's, it's very well designed it's the only thing yeah. i can look at when i see this shirt like the player disappears and i'll just see paddy power and paddy beginners is punching me in the face saying seven to one on city to win the league bam 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 <laughs> great i love it don't forget will you're playing for the name on the front not on the back <laughs> <laughs> I've also oh, sorry, got a couple of things. A, I took a sip oh, of my drink as he said that, and uh, oh. you, you, you almost had a life on your hands there, Dan. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I also had a couple of things. One of them involving television. Have you watched Stranger Things Season 3 yet? Uh, no, because I haven't watched Stranger Things Season 2 either. God almighty. Season 3 was absolutely excellent. It took a bit of a dip in Season 2, I felt. Season 3, right back up there. It was very good. Very, I watched it all in two days. I think I watched six hours of it on the first day. Went to bed at something, I mean, like every day, like three o'clock in the morning or something. I had like four hours kip or something ridiculous like that. And then did the same thing the next night, even though I promised myself I wouldn't. I went to bed incredibly late again, <laughs> watching Stranger Things season three. But it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And then the big news, Will, this week as Englishmen, is that we are the world champions of cricket. Good boys. And I'm not talking about like in the NFL when the New England Patriots win the World Championship, which is just I've always found that completely bizarre. I don't know why they do that. Um, is that is that, what they, call North... is that what they call the Super Bowl then? Yeah, they call themselves if they win it, they say we're the World Champions. They're not. Isn't that insane? Yeah, no, you're the North American champions. Well done. <laughs> you, you haven't played the St James's Park b- b- Battalion. Yeah, yeah. You haven't played the Antwerp Belgians. Or whatever they're called. You know, how, yeah. how do you know you're the world champions? You're not the world champions. You're the North American champions. Yeah, you haven't played the Nippon paper concussion. <laughs> paper crates. <laughs> I've heard the NFL teams like the the Nippon Swans, but yeah, I agree. In maybe the greatest game of cricket ever seen, unbelievable. Both teams finished tied at the end of fifty overs. It went to a super over, six bowls each, highest amount of runs wins, and we finished tied again. But because we had more boundaries and regulation, we won. And it finished on a New Zealand run out as well. It was it literally came down to a cricket game came down to maybe three foot, something like that, of the the, the batsman stre- the New Zealand batsman stretching out. But we won it. And it was unbelievable. With that run out, like it, it was one of those beautiful ones where yeah, live in play, probably because of the camera angle, it looked really close. And then they do the slow motion, oh, just you know, show show you it from side on and just see how close he actually was. Geezer was a mile away. Like, might, it might was amazing well because yeah, if you it was like if you play the sport, if you're on the on the pitch, you they knew it like the England team knew immediately they'd won. They knew immediately. Whereas I was thinking, why are they celebrating? That was really close. And he, yeah, he was like he was like three and a half, four foot away. He was nowhere near. So. Yeah, never never had a chance. Never had a chance. Especially like that late in the day. They've been playing what, nine hours of cricket? Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Go on, the boys. Well done, boys. All right, then. Close, but not quite. Do you want to, do you want to go first, or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, go on. Noel, Noel Quenville, a man <laughs> from North Tonawanda in Florida. <laughs> in Florida as well. 
He's going to be exactly. Be right That's why I picked it. That's why I picked it. A fine man. I will say Noel has sadly since passed away, but he oh. lived a very, a very full life. He served in the navy and the air force during his time, which is pretty fucking badass to serve in two of the armed forces. He fought in World War Two and Korea, and he was employed as a millwright at the GM plant in Tonawanda. So, shout out to Noel Quenville. Big up to Noel. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Hailing out of Reno, Nevada, Dan, I've got the executive producer uh, tribal leadership. He's a professional certified coach, which uh, effectively boils down as a life coach. Okay. I've got your boy, Barry Bettman. <laughs> how did I never how did I never think of Batman? Oh my god, I never thought about Batman. Oh Jesus. That's uh, sorry, that's that's Barry Bettman PCC to you. Um sorry, yeah, Barry Bettman PCC. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. He's, he's a life coach, that's it's, amazing. So it's it's nice that um that your man Gaza's namesake is also effectively a swindler. <laughs> and effectively telling people what to do. Yeah, oh definitely, definitely. It's fantastic Barry Bettman. Big up oh, to Barry. Barry, Barry Bettman. Well, I've got a question for you, Will. Do you often find yourself hungry in South America by any chance? Regularly, at least once a week. Yeah. If you're ever around, say, 6.30 Avenue de Sodad in Sao Paulo, then you should probably go to the Don Tavares restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, if you're looking for delicious rice, beans, chicken parmigiana, or even a fillet of thigh with a cheese sauce then the Don Tavares Restaurante is for you. Sounds really good. I mean, rumours of the restaurant moving to another city are as yet unfounded. And as of writing this, snake is not on the menu. But, you know, shout out to the Don Tavares Restaurante in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. We now go live to, to the Don Tavares Restaurante in Sao Paulo, uh, where we have provided Don Tavares. Very confused by the influx of... <laughs> of Canadians wearing blue and throwing pla- plastic reptiles at his restaurant. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god. <clears throat> so Dan, you, you kept up a little bit with the with the draft this uh this past June. Of course. Yeah, there was one noted name who uh who fell a little bit, didn't go quite as high as he could have you know, a higher high achiever for his age and f- for his um banging in the goals left, right and centre. We're we're not talking about Cole Caulfield, we're talking about Colm. Caulfield, who's Colm? a professor, <laughs> professor of environment, environmental and industrial fluid dynamics in the <laughs> Department of Applied Mathematics at the University of Cambridge. A certified genius, Colm Caulfield. Colm Caulfield. I will, I will say, if your job title has more words than any other, then you know. What was that job title again? The, the Professor of Environmental and Industrial Fluid Dynamics. Like, what does that even mean? Jesus what are Christ. fluid dynamics? I have no idea. I guess the way it moves? Maybe. I think, yeah, I think it's I think it's the dynamics of the fluid used in industrial and environmental purposes. But, like, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck? Is it? There, there was more to it. Hold on, let me, let me get the whole thing. I've got it here. Right. And that, that's just his current job title. He's also a fellow... <laughs> Fellow and college lecturer in mathematics at Churchill College in Cambridge. So he's a professor of environmental and industrial fluid dynamics, the BP Institute and the Department of Applied Mathematics and Theoretical Th- Physics at the University of Cambridge. Sounds like a twat if you ask me. 
<laughs> I love it. I like how this man's dedicated his life to maths and just being a maths genius, and you just boiled down, down to he's a twat. No, because if it was just maths, that's good on him. It's it's not just maths, I love. But as as we've said, what is that? What is environmental and industrial fluid dynamics? It doesn't mean nothing. It's a fair point. I guess is I guess is uh, for two men who work in sort of corporate office bullshit environments, you sometimes will get emails from people and their job title, and you look at it and think, what the hell do you even do? I don't even know what you do. And, and, and even like those meetings that you end up in an office environment, especially a large corporate environment, and the whole meeting, like it's just buzzwords and like manager speak and just nonsense. Yeah. And you're like, you've said a lot of things, and like I sort of understood it, but it doesn't really make any sense. It's it's a frustration of needlessly complex language that. Yeah, in theory, this two hour meet. Yeah, in theory, this two hour meeting could have been boiled down to, can you work a bit smarter? And that's it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're cutting your lunch break by ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, whereas yeah, whereas maybe Colm Caulfield job title could just be boiled down to math lecturer, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just like viscosity math professor. professor. There you go. There you go. Fair go on, Colm. But well done to you, Colm, for dedicating your life to something that makes <laughs> that makes you a twat in Will's eyes. <laughs> I mean, I just say sounds like a twat. I'm not saying he is a twat. Yeah, just before before Mr. Caulfield, people get in touch with us. I'm sure you're a fine man. Yeah, look at looking at his. Um, he's been involved in in fluid based mathematics since uh, at least 2004. Fifteen years based in fluid mathematics. <sighs> All right, whatever. Don't, don't worry though, Dan, because there is uh, a tenuous link to hockey because from 1992 to 1994 he was a postdoctoral research fellow for the Japan Canada project in weather and climate in the Arctic. So there you go. He's effectively oh, a hockey player. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. He must have spent some time on the frozen pond somewhere at some point. So, yeah, there we go. Plus, he's a middle-aged white guy, so he's probably going to be the next GM of the Vancouver Canucks, I'd imagine. Good point. Okay, let's move on to some other stuff. I did have a quick snake it till you make it. Go on. We all appreciate those uh, those players who maybe get financially rewarded for little effort. But this was more a more a spiritual reward. Is that Michael Del Zotto, who played seven games all season for the St. Louis Blues and was healthily scratched for the entirety of the playoffs, still got his day with the cup, which I thought was fabulous. Jeez Louise. I'd, I'd forgotten who he was playing for last season. That's how... Oh, God, me too. ...how little hockey MDZ played for. Played like... Yeah. But he's, I mean, historically, not been a bad player, really. He's gone back to he's gone back to the Ducks now as well for 750 grand. I mean, that's, that's good for the Ducks. Shame for Michael Del Zotto, but... He's probably not worth much more than that, I wouldn't say. This just raised a little question with me: Is that you know, you know, to get a to to get a medal for the Premier League in England, you have to have played in a percentage of games, don't you? Yeah. Do you feel that hockey players are so pampered and sensitive that even if you've played seven games all season, including the playoffs, <laughs> you still get a day with the cup? That there must be players who. I mean, Christ! Like half again, half the Bruins, half the Blues were injured in that in that in that final series. There must have been players playing through broken ribs, you know, cracked fibulas, looking at Michael Delzato, thinking, "You motherfucker! All you did, all he did for the entirety of the playoffs was sat in the press box eating crisps, and he still gets a day with the cup." Eating crisps, I just can't. God, say a lot of stuff when he on the go. If you're Michael Delzato in that position, though, like, surely you feel like I haven't actually wanted. He didn't suit up once in the playoffs, did he? No, healthily scratched the entirety of the playoffs. So he, him, and let's let's put Chris Thorburn, Chris Thorburn in that. 
category as well because he did, he played like one game all year or something. At least yeah. his name on the cup. How can you how can you look yourself in the eye and call yourself a Stanley Cup champion? I don't know. I don't know. But then that's what I mean. Like, is it because hockey is such a team game that even maybe that maybe all the other players who played eighty two games and then every game in the playoffs would be saying. Oh well, he's got to have a day with the cup because he was part of the team. He was part of the locker room fabric. Blah blah blah. Yeah, definitely. But he shouldn't because he hasn't done anything. But it boils down to that that age-old thing of hockey being very very stupid and hockey players being stupid. But then it's like you know, say you've got a mate who's really shit at whatever you're doing, you still want your mate to come along and have a good time, sort of thing. It's a fair point, but you wouldn't want to get him like you wouldn't want to reward him for anything, would you? In that kind of way, I'd I'd imagine there's probably someone in there that's like. You know, like who who isn't quite as attached to Chris Chris Thorburn as other people are. They're just thinking, fuck you, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. And it's that thing you'll never you'll never find out. I would love to ask a Blues player, one of the Blues players who played through an injury for the whole playoffs, just saying, "What do you think about Del Zotto getting a day with the cup? Does he deserve it?" Because I'm sure they would say yes, but yeah, they they probably say, no, "Of course he fucking doesn't." They'd say like, "Yeah, we did it for him." You know what I mean? <laughs> I that's so true. That's not even a joke. Like that's no, that's so true. Did you see the AHL posting a feud on its push notifications <laughs> on its hockey app? Look, I don't want to talk about this, Dan. And if you try and push your agenda on me again, I'm going to punch you in the throat. So that's how I feel about. That. Imagine getting that push notification. Stuart Zimmel has threatened to punch Ian Bowman in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the one that like I love. When the rest of it is just excerpts of the um of why, uh, yeah, of of like the the chat and stuff. Yeah, Ian Bowman's put that out as like a proper proper news notification, a proper headline, and that's just beautiful. Good on him. Good on him. We need more rogue web developers out there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So Ian Bowman was a software developer, and he sent uh, the notifications to his boss, didn't he, over money, and put it on the AHL app. And apparently, he was on like $6,000, doesn't he? Which is a fucking fair chunk of change. And and what's even more to that is that's only a month's wages. Oh, is that right? Oh my yeah, God, yeah. I thought that so, was so, entirely. So, Jesus. So, so, did you read the Sean Shapiro article on it? No, I didn't, I didn't. Big year for your boy Sean, you know, breaking the horse shit content in, in early January. <laughs> and now the AHL throat punching incident. So what it boiled down to was this Ian, Ian Bowen. Bowman, whatever it was. Uh, Bowman. He'd been working for this Zimmel character for a number of years and then he, he ended up going freelance because this Zimmel was like an absolute prick and he just okay. didn't want to be in the office with him. So he was living the other side. Of, I think he was in Calgary and like the the hockey tech, the company working out of Toronto or something. Bowman put his notice in and ceased freelancing for hockey tech uh, Zimmel basically refused to pay him his, his last money, trying to hold it over over him. So what Bowen was trying to do, in, in very basic terms, he thought he was sending these notifications to like a test room, if you or a test group, if you will, so it'd only show up on Zimmel's phone, just to oh, harass okay. Zimmel. But okay. where he'd been blocked out of all the work accounts, apart from the AHL app, I think they'd made some changes so that the test group that he thought he was posting into didn't exist anymore. So that's why it was going out to every man and his dog. Oh my god! Everybody who had the AHL app as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that's where everyone who got it. So it, it wasn't like 
the intention of Bowen to uh, to send it out to everybody who had the app, but that worked out well in the end. I don't know if he's got a six grand yet, but there you go. I love and I and I love I love the threat. Is he's going to punch him in the throat? Not going to punch him. Not going to punch him in the face. He's going to punch him in the throat, which is very specific and I'd say way more dangerous than being punched in the face. Yeah, I think I'd rather be punched in the face than I'd rather be punched in the throat. That, Absolutely. Absolutely. That leaves that weird like that weird feeling. Yeah, say you say you like yes. hit your throat for whatever reason. Even if it doesn't hurt, it just feels off. Like your Adam's apples out of joint or whatever. Gonna <laughs> punch him in the Adam's apple. Okay, oh, mate. Fabulous. More of this though. I wanna see more feuds on push notifications. <laughs> be fabulous. I wanna see more people being threatened with physical violence against very specific parts of their body and then have that information oh. released on push notifications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you get an NHL push notification, like Kessler calls Johansson a cunt. Like, <laughs> just stuff like that would be fabulous. Yeah, but you need it you need it more with like like this is just two people you've never heard of and it's popping up. You need yeah, you know, good point. Like that's D men. Yeah, no, no, like, like I don't know, people who work just in the post room for the NHL oh, or whatever. Like the kit man and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Dave the Smith man. has, has threatened to punch Roger. I was going to say Roger Daltrey. Yeah, why not? Dave Smith has why threatened not? to punch Roger Daltrey in the in the note in the I don't know in the kneecap. Fabulous. Yeah, more of this. NHL should be on this. They need to look. They need to look at the NHL for ideas about pushing their sport better. That's what they need to do. Because this is genius. Just go full WWE. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Phil Kessel is a is a big ticket mover. Well, did you um, did you see that tickets ticket sales have increased six hundred percent on the same time last year after the announcement of the Kessel trade, and there is a ninety four percent season ticket renewal rate, which is the highest since two thousand and three. Is it? Is this for for the yeah for the Coyotes, not for the Penguins? Yeah. No, <laughs> I think, I think after that field, the Penguins is ninety four percent down. <laughs> oh my god! You know they've got the um, the third highest cap hit in the league now. The Penguins. Yeah, I do. It's ridiculous. That is lovely. Yeah, the, I mean, the Coyotes got the second. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they do, and they'll probably end up with the highest after uh, after Vegas sorts themselves out. They've got. I mean, they're they're one hundred seventy eight grand under the cap at the moment. Which you're oh, going to be hard pressed to get closer than that. Who knew though? Phil the thrill. He moves the needle apparently. He does. Well, who wouldn't want to pay good money to watch Phil do his thing? I'm excited. Do you think it's a good move for him? Yeah, I do. I do. I think. I think. Unless I'm unless I'm missing somebody completely, and I, and I might be. Kessel is a, a bona fide. Not. I'm not talking just tickets here, obviously, because that's, that's what we're talking about. But Kessel's a. Like, I would say he's elite. I'd say he's an elite player. I think he's fabulous. Like we've said before, averaging a point per game, he hasn't missed a game in like 10 years or something. He is a legit player. He is fabulous. And I think he's already, he's the best player they've got, right? Unless I'm missing somebody. Maybe OEL. No, Clayton Keller, surely. Um, then, yeah, he's not quite uh, proven. Clayton Keller will I mean. be. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of counting, I'm kind, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of being a bit, doing a bit of a disservice. I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing that thing of thinking, well, has he got the resume yet? Yeah, no, which which is fair though, because you can't, you can only go on. Yeah, Clayton Keller has the best potential. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean he's coming off forty-seven point season, which isn't not ideal, not ideal. Yeah, I think Kessel's their best Phil. player. This is it. What if you end up with uh with what like Keller, Stepan, K- 
castle or st- st- uh, Keller Schmaltz castle. Schmaltz, yeah, Keller Schmaltz right. castle. That sounds sexy. I think Basically. it shows as well. Owners are obviously owners want to win, and they are super competitive, but they're also super rich, and they also want to make money. And I think we <laughs> yes, forget that sometimes. Is that we just we just look at owners and say, "Well, why don't they just do this, this, and this?" Probably because it's going to cost them tens of millions of dollars, and they don't want to do it. And I think we uh, we have to look sometimes at the other side of hockey, as I like to do sometimes, the financial side of things. And I think um, all, all ways up. This was a uh, obviously clearly a very good move for the Coyotes. Definitely, I'm I'm excited to see what they can do this year with like a like you say a bona fide superstar. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how you want to define Phil as a player and his and his quality, he is a superstar and he is probably the best player they've had in ten years. It's been a while. Been a little a little while. Breaking news. Well, not breaking news, but only broke a few hours ago. Ron Francis, the former Hurricanes oh, yeah. man, is the man to be the GM of the Seattle. Kraken? Sasquatches? I don't know. I can't decide if I like this or not. I'm going to let you go first on this one. And then you, I'll let you convince me either way. He built this Hurricanes team. Apart from Lino Niederreiter. It all depends on, on what tact they're going to take. You know, are they going to try and copy the Vegas model of just coming in and going mental? Which I, I don't think you can. Or are they going to do what we expected Vegas to do? Which is just draft picks and build through the draft if they're going to build through the draft traditionally I think you could do worse than getting him from Francis, he's got a good track record of getting getting good players and not just through the draft, so obviously he drafted Sebastian Aho, who is what well, he was picked like 45th overall in his draft yeah, which is ridiculous Oh uh, yeah, thir- 35th he was taken 35th, there you go, second rounder and and he's made swung some big trades as well like he he picked up I'll never understand it now. Picking up Tavo Teravainen just for paying yeah. Brian Bickle for a year. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just moronic. Francis has proven he's got a few strings to his bow, sort of thing. So, yeah, why not? Why not? He's going to be as good as anyone else is, if not, if not better than your average hockey man. Okay. At least one thumb up from me, Dan. That's where I'll, that's where I end up with it. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. There's a lot worse they could have done. Could they have done much better? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I guess he's unlucky in the sense that... But then if he was still... It, again, it's all this but some maybes. But like you say, he kind of put the majority of this Hurricanes sort of team together and the two best players they had were players that he got. It shows that he was working in Carolina with hardly any budget. Is that what Seattle are going to do? You know, sort of getting something out of nothing. He was at the Hurricanes for four years. If he'd been there for a bit longer, would we have then seen the same progression from the Hurricanes? You know, like making making the conference finals. I don't know, but for a first time franchise, obviously, yeah, you can you can do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. The the thing for me is like, there's no glaring better option out there. It's not like we're yeah. thinking, oh, why didn't they get so and so? Yeah, why not? You you don't think there's a better option out there, do you, for a GM role? I feel like I'm I'm overlooking someone. So you know, the Teflon Don still available, Will. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> well, no, they're going to bring him in as like president of hockey operations or whatever, or special advisor to the GM. Travelling secretary. First line centre. Why not? <laughs> Chuck him out there. Come on, Seattle. Hire Chiarelli. Hire Chiarelli. <laughs> you know you want to. 
the the key just just one last serious note on France it's like the key is he's he's had experience recent experience in the NHL yeah I know that doesn't necessarily matter too much especially when you see how well George McPhee's done or had done until he painted himself into the tightest corner any man's ever painted himself into but, um, <laughs> yeah it's not like they're resurrecting some some old GM from 10 years ago and saying oh he won the cup in 1994 let's get him in I mean, I Shout guess out to Glenn Sather. the thing was with Francis as well is that he essentially had to clean up Jim Rutherford's mess when he first got in there, which looking at what Jim Rutherford's done now at Pittsburgh, it seems so bloody obvious that that was, gonna, that was what was going to happen in Pittsburgh. <laughs> in theory, then, he only had a few years, really. He only had like a couple of years, really, to try and put his team together. Whereas you're looking at him now, he's starting from a blank slate with probably won't get the same advantages as Vegas got. No. But then, like we said, we're, we're talking about Vegas having these advantages. Nobody looked at that Vegas team, <laughs> that expansion draft, and went, oh my God, I can't believe they've got William Carlson. What idiots fucking Columbus are. No. We all thought, well, yeah, this is what they're going to do. They're going to build through the draft. They've accumulated all these picks. And now, two seasons later, Vegas are now wildly over the cap and are having to offload players because they've got too much, like you know, too much money on the books. So, you don't know which way it's going to go, do you? No, no, exactly. So, like, this is where I'm a little bit nonplussed about it. Like, they they haven't hired anyone that's blatantly a bad idea, so they've made a good hire, sort of thing. A few contracts and trades to get onto. Um, I just wrote these down as I remembered them, so there is no order to these. Uh, Jacob Rana, two years, three point three five AA, uh, three point three five million. It looks like the bridge isn't dead. Will I like this contract? What do you think? I think yeah, we're going to see the bridge for more. Like as we said before, five years is effectively the new bridge. But yeah, I think I think we're going to see it more the traditional bridge more for good but not elite guys like Verana. So Verana's got. No doubt has got top six potential. You know, flirted with 50 points last year. Great yeah. young player. But, you know, you, you look at players like him, Kevin LeBanc, there's still going to be those little short-term show-me deals. A, de- a decent whack. A decent whack as well. I mean, I think that's fair money for, for what he has produced and what he's potentially going to produce next year. But Yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely a decent whack for a, for a player who's only really had one good season out of... Um, you know, two and a half, two and a half NHL seasons so far. So yeah, no, not that not that I'm slating Verana. I, I think he's good, and I think he's going to go on to be a solid top six player for for the majority of his career. But it's no small deal. But yeah, I don't mind it. Artemi Anisimov was traded from the Hawks to the Sens for Zach Smith. This is pretty much a, a one for one. Nothing crazy here, right? I think it's about financial considerations, isn't it? I think um, yeah, it saves all work. But real cash doesn't it essentially yeah like three million or something like that so that's yeah. that's good for eugene i like why <laughs> i don't get why the hawks are doing it necessarily like i think it needs to be good he had a good year last year as well like if i remember correctly not incredible basically 40 points like he i, I don't know yeah. how he was with his sort of metrics and stuff but that's not bad there's a ton does that better than played zach smith chicago have just been so weirdly busy this year <laughs> yeah and emphasis on the word weirdly weirdly busy and not just the fact they've been busy like some of the trades and deals have been i don't know weird 
it's like yeah okay you've you've done that and it's not strictly a bad trade but it's not why why are you making that deal but the good news is for the Sens is that after this season they now have five skaters on the books so that's good instead of four the only players who are signed are Bobby Ryan Anisimov Brady Kachuk Zaitsev and Christian Wallenin that's madness isn't it well they'll <laughs> they'll lock up Thomas Shabbat this year probably won't they you would hope so <laughs> you'd hope not you never know though like the, the one thing I'd say is, I, you know, if I'm Stan Bowman, I'm really glad that I've got Zach Smith to centre a line with Alex Nylander rather than Artem Anisimov. Yeah, yeah. If, there, if there's one player that's going to bring out the latent potential of Alex Nylander, it's going to be Zach Smith. <laughs> Marcus Johnson goes to Buffalo, two years, $9 million. A bit gutted he couldn't re-sign with the Bruins, but there is no way they could make that work. Um, no. They just haven't got the space, so he stays over there on the East Coast. Uh, this, another decent move for Buffalo, I think. Yeah, I think it's a very Buffalo move, though, isn't it? Like, like Johansson's a really good player. I really like him, but I feel he's one of these ones that's just going to get a little bit lost in the Buffalo-ness of it all. They're going to Buffalo him, basically. Oh, yeah, like he's going to finish with like a 44-point season. And it's going to be one of those ones where you think, eh, we'd have had better. If, if he wasn't playing on the line with bloody Zemgus Gergensen's, I don't know, some other, you know, like Evan Scott Rodriguez Wilson. or whatever. <laughs> Scott Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is the thing. I think, I think they're just going to Buffalo a little bit, to be quite honest. No offence, Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, I hope he does okay. I hope he does okay. He was, he was great for us last year. He was great. So, uh, yeah. I think it's good money for, for Marcus Johansson. And, uh, like, you know, both, both ways. Like, he's he's been fairly compensated. And I think he's been. Um, I think that's term and cap wise, it's good for the Sabres. But, yeah, you're not going to a good team. Ryan Zingle. Surprise me here. Hurricanes. Uh, 3.375 for two years. I was a bit yeah. surprised by this move. That feels like we know Justin Williams isn't coming back, sort of move. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point actually. I was a bit surprised by this money wise. I thought you would have got a bit more. Yeah, but it's only two years, isn't it? Yeah. Good for good for the Hurricanes. That's yeah, great move for them. That's like a sensible bit of business. That like um, I think he would have gotten more, like you say, but he wouldn't have deserved more. <laughs> it would have been wrong to give him more than that. Arguably, yes. it's a little bit more money than you'd want to give him. I think I'd want him closer to three, but. Sure, that's yeah, fine. but I was I was fully expecting a GM to give him at least four and a half. I was fully mm-hmm. prepared because that's the kind of thing they do. I've yeah. heard of this guy. He was quite good last year. Let's throw some money at him. Yeah, he had one good year. Let's uh, let's give him loads of money. Jordan Binnington resigns two years, four point four million. It's sensible. It's, it's it's a sensible deal, really. I thought I thought the Blues were going to drop the ball on it and give him like six years at seven million or something like that, but. <laughs> It's it's sensible because because it's gonna they're gonna have to bury him in the AHL for a season and a half and that's fine. <laughs> I forgot about that massive steaming hot take of yours. <laughs> it's I don't see how it's a steaming hot take. Like the geezer has been an AHL goalie for his entire career. He's now twenty five. He's had one good playoff run and season, and uh, now he's suddenly a really good AHL goalie. Like he isn't. He's not. He's Scott Darling. He's Andrew Hammond. He's whoever you want to call him. Yeah, you got yeah. Okay, okay. Do you know what though? You can't lose this bet because it's goalies and they're so fucking out of the out of this place and wild and weird. You could just 
if it becomes even better, you could say, yeah, but goalies, you know, you know what goalies are like. It's, you know, they're crazy. You never know what's going to happen. If he is terrible, you can just say, oh, you know what goalies are like. They're crazy. You never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, this is it. You said yeah. you want about goalies. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is a, I think this is a prove it deal with a bit more tact on as a thank you. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely a, we want to make sure you are who you say you are sort of thing. Um, but we're still going to give you a bit more because you came in and, you know, set loads of records as a rookie in the cup in the final, so. Do you know something a little bit weird, Dan? Go on. Last season, so not eighteen nineteen, but seventeen eighteen. Uh yes. when he was playing in the AHL, he wasn't even playing for the Blues AHL affiliate. Yeah, he he was playing in Providence for the Bruins yeah. affiliate at one point. Yeah, for for that season. And and there I think go. the thing that's really, really gonna uh you know, see the wheels fall off the wagon next year is the fact that he only played thirty two games in the regular season. They're going to play him for like 55 next year and by about game 37, he's going to turn back into shit. <laughs> it's going to be I like great. you putting numbers on this now and everything. So game 37 next year, folks. Look out for Jordan Bennington to, uh, to, to let in seven goals in the first two periods. Oh, yeah. J- January, disappear forever. January next year. So halfway through November, we're going to start getting the headlines or oh, what's wrong with Jordan Bennington. And then by January, <laughs> it's going to be like, should Jake Allen have the net? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the deadline they'll trade for Mike Smith <laughs> <laughs> yes they will Jordan Binnington for Mike Smith one for one and then this time in two years Binnington will just be a pub quiz question and we'll all go oh god you remember that guy <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to be a, have lesser claim than Scott Foster will <laughs> I think uh, Kevin LeBanc needs a new agent right I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like I, I get the idea of a show me deal. <laughs> what? What are you doing, Kevin? Like bad agent or not? Like the geezer signed his own contract. Fuck it now. Do you think he's like illiterate? That's got to be it, isn't it? Like maybe I don't know. Or he just doesn't know. understand the concept of money. I d- maybe they were clever. Maybe they put maybe they put one point oh million. And he thought, can I have 10 million for a year? I was like, yeah. <laughs> but they made a really small dot. 1 million for what? How many points did he have last year? 55, 56? He had more points than um, Jeff Skinner, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Jeff Skinner's the benchmark now. That's it. He's the benchmark. A million dollars. Yeah, three million. more points than Jeff Skinner. And he makes one ninth of what Jeff Skinner makes. <laughs> a million. Doug Wilson's just like the Mad Hatter. He's got to be. From Batman, he's, he's just right. got the ability to. I'd, I mean, I, how? I, no, how? I, understand, I understand it now. Looking at Cap Friendly, I, I understand why he signed it. Go on. There's a 285 grand signing bonus. Oh, well, there you go. Ooh, there you go then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, like yeah, that's that's madness. That's so good for the Sharks. All, all jokes aside, it's clearly a, a case of he's he's been brainwashed. He's been you know, indoctrinated into. You know, take a take a little little hit, teeny tiny little hit for this one. We'll sort you out later. Either I mean, we could give you six years at five million, Kevin, but then you know, where's Jumbo gonna play next year? And that's what's yeah. that's what's happened. How are we gonna fit? How are we gonna fit Patrick Marlowe back in the team? Oh my god! <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Where's Tim thing, Heed like... gonna get his money? <laughs> How's our, how's our red-hot young Tim Heed going to fit in if you take more than a million dollars for a year? 
I mean, you're not going to get the puck if there isn't a decoy there, and there's not a decoy there if we haven't got Tim Heed. So you've got a couple of things to think about there, Kevin. Here's the thing, right, with this deal, was that I probably thought the same thing as you, was that, okay, this is clearly a thanks for this year, next year we'll we'll sort you out kind of thing, because it's for one year. So you're assuming at the end of this season, okay, he gets a new deal. The Sharks already have $62 million tied up in cap space next season in 10 skaters on one goalie. <laughs> next year, Kevin, next year. Yeah, don't worry, 2021. Ah, oh, it's a lockout this year, mate, sorry. Can't, can't pay you this year, isn't the league to pay you in? Oh, my so just God. Say, just say for, so just say, for example, the cap goes up to $82 million. That's $20 million for the remaining skaters and the goalie. How f- he, he isn't getting paid next year either. I mean, he might oh. do, and then you just fill out the whole roster with youngsters or something, or rejects, or buyouts, or something. I don't know, but well, they'll have Brendan Dillon's money coming off the cap next year, so they'll probably replace him with somebody else who's cheap. I don't know. I wonder if this ends up in Brent Burns being traded. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think you can move. You definitely can't move Carlson. I don't think you can move Vlasic. He's a good player, but he's not attractive enough to teams to move that seven mil. Plus, he's got a no-move clause. I think Burns is... How are you going to move Brent Burns? He's 34 and he's $8 million. (laughs) I always forget how old Brent Burns is. He's 34. He's $8 million for the next six years. Oh, mate. But he's the only one who hasn't got a full no-move clause. Yeah, he's got a modified no-trade, but... He's the only one who can, if you've got to move something. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Because as I just what? pointed out, they've got $62 million next year tied up in 10 skaters and a goalie. And like, what, what are you going to do? You're going to ship out Thomas Hurton or Timo Meyer or something? Like, All three of those California teams are going to be crap in a couple of years, aren't they? <laughs> for different reasons. Yeah, for very different reasons. Jeez Louise. So, um... Hang on, even in, th- hang on. in three years, the Sharks are going to have They'll have 26 and a half grand tied up in forwards and 26 and a half grand. That's tied million. up in seven skaters. Oh, sorry, million, yeah. yeah. So 52.125. Oh, over, over 53, 53. Yeah, over 53 million. Tied in up seven in seven skaters. skaters. And an extra 5.75 on Martin Jones. It's insane. They're in cap hell, essentially, for the next three seasons, at least. It's, it's like they're really slowly barreling towards cap hell. There's not really anything they can do about it. <laughs> well, there, there was a lot they could have done about it. They could have not signed Eric Carlson to £11.5 until the end of time. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. If you, go, if you go to the 24-25 season, they've already got $41 million locked up. <laughs> Wait. In the 24-25 season, they've got $41 million locked up in what will be a 40-year-old, a 38-year-old, a 37-year-old, a 36-year-old, and a 33-year-old. You've got a lot of that core up long-term, really, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> I'll say. I mean, I, I like Evander Kane as a player. I really do. <laughs> however, yeah, however... Well, I don't really, um, in this picture, I don't really like him. It's just insane. And and Vegas are on the way to being that team as well. Vegas have basically jump-started themselves to being... Obviously, they've got a better team than the Sharks on paper at the moment. A better forward core on paper, at least. Cat-wise, they're going to be exactly the same situation. 
but with even even if they move a few people out, it's just going to be a bunch of old people who are on, yeah, like Max Pacioretty on seven million. Oh my god, like you're that. right. Like, yeah, you're right. Like good players, good players. I'm not saying that Van der and Max Pacioretty and players like that are good players, but I'm fucking old and like. If Ander Kane in a year where scoring was up, we've had more 100-point scorers than we have for donkey's years, still only busted out 56 points on arguably the best team in the league, apart from the best team in the West. One of the best teams, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's not good. So in 21-22, Vegas have got 57 million tied up. <laughs> in 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. In 9 skaters and a goalie. That's all right. <laughs> But at least it's nine skaters. How and and only one of those skaters is going to be under. No, two of them are going to be under thirty. Only two of them. Yeah. Christ. You better hope Alex Tuck turns into um, someone good. <laughs> I think at least at least the, the at least the potentials there to, for Vegas to have some decent youngish players. Yeah, if they don't keep trading them away as for like thirty-year-old forwards. Yeah, I suppose. That's crazy. Jeez. That is crazy. All what right, a time then. to be alive! What a time, yeah! Holy cow! I think in the, I, I think on the next show, I had, I had this marked down as that teams who have to make their chances count over the next couple of seasons, and then they're just they've got no chance of winning it. Yeah, because there's, there's there's at least three or four in my mind I can think of right now. I think we should have a little bit of a look on not obviously in a couple of weeks. Uh, teams we can, we pick sort of five teams who are like they are in win now mode or if that's it they've got no shot. Yeah, I'm down for that. That's, yeah, good. I saw, have that? you seen that gift that's been floating around today about, like, Jake Gardner is incredible? No. It's just this beautiful, I forget who they're playing, maybe it's the Canucks or whatever. Leafs are shooting right to left. So Puck's okay. in the far corner, so the other side from where the camera is. And Gardner's playing lefty, so he's near corner. Yeah. Gardner's behind the behind the net. Puck pops out towards him. There's a four-checker chasing him. He has his back to the four-checker, so he, he turns to get away from him. Another four-checker hits him. Just before he gets hit, he like sort of releases the puck, but still has it close to him, absorbs the check, and then plays an outlet pass. And it was just watching that as like, oh shit, Jay Gardner's actually fucking good. <laughs> I spotted an article about players who are still kind of available. And there's a, there's a few players that are still available that haven't been signed, but yeah, the number one on everyone's list is Jake Gardner. And he's that he's way better than he gets credit for, and he was sort of injured last year, and he had two bad mistakes in two game sevens. Not saying that it cost him the game against the Bruins, but that's what people are saying. He's clearly not going back to Toronto. They've, they've you know, that's it. He's done there. That's a movie, yeah. I just wonder. I just wonder if some of these players are maybe after too much money, or they're waiting till the last second. And then they can say, "Well, we'll give you, you know, a couple of million, and then just, you know they'll be happy to take it, kind of thing." You uh, you know where I think it's going to end up? Where Gardner's going to end up? Yeah, <sighs> I'll say Habs. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I think he's going to end up in Winnipeg. Yeah, because they've got like they've got players to sign. They've got a lot of space. Their their decor is fucking shit now, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's a fair it's, point. It's not great. It's Bufflin, Morrissey, and a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> Just think there's a like, yeah, there's some there's some young people in there. You know, like Sammy Niku and Logan Stanley. That's still young people. I, I just I've got a feeling. Winnipeg, book it. 
the other player still out there, there's obviously Jumbo Joe, who's who said essentially, you know, he said, doesn't he, if it's San Jose or nothing, if I'm not playing for the Sharks, I'm not playing basically. So, and and I think he'll he'll he's just gonna wait until they've got everything else sorted out, and it's like, well, how much is left for me? What eight fifty, one and a half, whatever it is, I'll take it. I'd imagine. I I I can't imagine Joe Thornton tearing his nose up. Well, you've only got nine hundred grand for me. I don't think he cares enough anymore. I suppose. I mean, the the geezer's made a lot of money, Dan. Yeah, he has. Some oh, would say a fuck ton. I mean, yeah, that that would be one way to measure it. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, One hundred and seven uh, million dollars. Yeah, he's probably spent all of it on beard oil by now, but still. <laughs> Justin Williams still out there. Derek Brassard still out there. Pat Maroon's still out there. Interesting. I'm surprised nobody's kind of given him the uh, the big world and you won a cup deal yet. Well, I mean, he was a late signer last year as well, so I think people are seeing. Am like... I crazy? Am I crazy on this? But I know everyone was going about Pat Maroon. Oh, he took a hometown discount to be near his family. Wasn't it in the end that it was only the Blues who went in for him, and nobody else was kind of interested? <laughs> Yeah, but it just so happened to work out that that was his hometown, so it's a hometown discount. Yeah, I get it. He took the hometown discount, but at this time last season, I don't know, if Detroit had said, we'll give you $4.5 million a year for the next three years, he'd have been playing for the Red Wings. I, I don't. I get it. It's a great story and everything, but it wasn't like there was all these offers on the table and he weren't, actually, I'm going to go and play in St. Louis. Well, it's, it's like when, when I got my first job at Morrison's, in the town I grew up in, <laughs> on the checkouts uh, for minimum wage, I took a hometown discount to uh, you know to be near my family, yeah, to uh, to support the the town that I grew up in, the town that I love. Yeah, you know, I, I understand where Pat Maroon is coming from. The only that surprised one for me a little bit was uh, maybe Brian Boyle. I always feel like he's a player that seems to he seems to fit everything hockey wise, you know, culture and in the room, and he can also play a little bit so. I'm kind of surprised he's not gone somewhere just yet. I, I wonder if he's, you know, just to play amateur psychologist, I wonder if he's taking his time to think about where he wants to be specifically. Because he's had some serious, you know, obviously he had his own, own scare with leukemia. I think his son had a similar issue. Like there was definitely something with, with one of his children that was very life-threatening. Like if anyone's yeah. going to be taking a minute to think about their next step in more detail than the average NHL, or I think it'd be Brian Boyle. So... I'd imagine it's a combination of, yeah, he's getting a bit older and he's probably not going to be quite as effective as you'd want him as he has been previously, combined yeah, with the, the personal aspects of, of Boyle's situation. Okay, then. There we go. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Now it's time for the main event. So, meanwhile, I had a little chat on WhatsApp. With it being a quiet week, it were quite a couple of weeks, even though somehow, when we've already done this, we managed to spend two hours talking about this bloody sport. I don't know how we do it, but there we are. We sort of had a look a bit of doing a bit of a challenge. Can we build the best team possible under the cap with available players? We had some rules, because of course without rules, there is chaos. You must pick 21 skaters, two goalies. You can only pick one player from a team. So you can't have two Bruins on the roster, two Lightning, whatever. You can have no UFAs or RFAs and no ELCs either. Because we wanted to make this a proper challenge, because meanwhile discussed this before, but... If you can have a limited amount of ELCs on your team, you can just make up a fourth line of just ridiculous talent, so it's kind of stupid. Shall we go... We'll do the two goalies, 
and then I guess we'll just go sort of, you know, first pair. We'll do both of our first pair in D, then we'll do our first line, and then so on and so on. Yeah, you right with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Like, my... Well, as as of any exercise that I start the lines aren't set in stone necessarily, but yeah, I've got a rough a rough idea of like my top six and my bottom six shaking out. Yeah, me too. And I will say as well is that clearly you're going to see a difference in teams here because Will has probably gone for all stat friendly players. Meanwhile, I've just gone off my gut because that's what I'm like. <laughs> I think you're giving me more credit than uh, than I deserve. It, Dan, I'm still. What I did was I sorted by um, rating on NHL nineteen. And then uh, <laughs> just to the lowest cap hits I could find. <laughs> I never, I never even thought of doing that. That would have been a funny. That would have been a good idea, actually. <laughs> I, I reckon that'd work. Um, yeah. Okay. As as I said before, to you before we uh, before we start recording, I want it out there for posterity. I think one of our centres is definitely going to be the same. Potentially yes. two, probably two of our centres, and potentially three of our centres, among other players I will identify as we go through that I think you'll probably have as well because I think like we said there's going to be a lot of similarities but the differences is where we're going to start losing falling out of each other I I will say as well is I pretty much picked my team in a couple of hours and I could have I could have messed around with it but like I say I've just gone off my gut more than anything else and your team would probably beat my team in a straight up contest because I know you're just going to be looking at every kind of avenue possible but we'll see ever since I sort of locked in my lines I've just had that sinking feeling that I'm going to save my team and you say, well, you've got like four Tampa Bay Lightning players here. What are you doing? <laughs> That's what I keep thinking. You know, when you stare at something for so long and you just can't see the mistake and then someone else will go, what's this bit? And you go, oh, shit. You just realise <laughs> yeah, it's all been a waste of time. Fucking there. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, how did I not notice this? Yeah, I'm, I get the same feeling with mine. Okay. I'll let, do you know what? I'll let you go first. Give me two goalies. My, my two goalies. Right, should we say the starting goalies together? Well, you, you say a starting goalie, then I'll do mine. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky for three and a I half thought... million against the cap. There we go. I completely agree. He is my starting goalie. Oh, you can't. I mean, the best goalie in the game, three and a half million, which is ridiculous, plus he's an RFA after, this, after the season. You've got a goalie locked in for life. If we're looking at this as a, as a real team you'd build, Vasilevsky is, is a no-brainer. My my backup, I, I thought I'd try and go cheap and cheerful on the backup. And and again, with a look to maybe if I can't retain Vasilevsky, yeah, I'd want someone who's young who, who might have a chance of stepping in and being an NHL starter in the future. Uh, no. Thatcher Demko at one oh million. Oh my God, no way. Yeah. And 50 grand. No, you haven't got I Thatcher swear. Demko, have you? I swear I've got Thatcher Demko, I swear. That's fucking beautiful, isn't it? We're just going to have exactly the same team, aren't we? <laughs> A little, a little thing. I did have a, I, I had a first team, and I sort of swapped it around a little bit. My first team, I had Thomas Grice and Louis Domingue, and then because again, I just threw my first team together. <laughs> that, that's your fantasy goalie turn. <laughs> well, no, because you've got to fit under the cap, haven't you? I'd cl- what I'd done, I'd cleared up my outfield, my skaters first, and then thought about goalies after, and kind of thought, hang on a minute, because I'd had someone I'm else. I've already got Canucks three million in. left for my goalies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we looked at it again and I was like oh hang on a minute Vasilevsky and Demko fit here perfectly yeah I, yeah, I completely agree there you go good I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got a bit of harmony to start us off with um, before we delve into chaos well as I led off with the goalies what, what are we going to do first forwards or D we'll do first pair in D okay after after you then uh, then Mr Masters okay I've decided to take Seth Jones 
yep. from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I've taken Roman Yossi from the oh, Nashville Predators. Oh, 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 oh that, that, that's controversial. That's very controversial. <laughs> How come? Well, weird. I, I, I won't, I won't, I won't bury the lead. But yeah, I've, I've got Seth Jones too. I've got Seth Jones too. Yeah. Lining up next to him, I've got Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Jones for five point four, and then uh, Riley for five flat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jones five point four on mine. Uh, Yossi four million, obviously. Oh, is he still on four? That's I didn't even thought about that. Jesus. Some, I thought I thought we just <laughs> we've just slated GMs. There's some very good deals in this league. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my yes. But what, what's what's Yossi's um extension? Because he's got a, a real contract kicking in next year, isn't he? I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. Fuck. I thought, no, it's not signed yet. Yeah. I thought he'd signed like a proper extension. No, nothing done yet. Might be in the works, but... Jesus Christ. I know, so, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still happy with what I've got, but yeah, that's crazy. You see, do the second. we'll do the second lines next before we discuss why we put these players here, but I think we might have, I think we might have something here. So for... For my second period, I've got Jacob Slavin and uh, the man, the myth, the legend, John Klingberg. So Slavin coming in at 5.3 and uh, John Klingberg at 4.25 million against the cap, which is just ridiculous. I also had John Klingberg and then I had, to, and then I had Morgan Riley. Ah, there you go, there you go. So he is on my team. I was thinking, I was looking at more the styles of the players and fitting them together because I thought mm. that Klingberg and Yossi together is a bit too similar. That's why I put Morgan Riley there. Well, that that's why I've got because Slavin is a smooth skater and he's good at yeah. in the puck, but I think he's a bit more responsible in his own zone sort of thing. So you've all, and yeah, yeah, similar with with Jones and Slavin, I think are fairly similar players in the way that they operate, sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's okay, then. that's right. Then. That's that's really interesting. I I already feel like I'm a bit behind the eight ball. Where like what I'm, so I've got Slavin and you've got Yossi. Is that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not much. Well, it's still one point three million compared to compared to yours. But now uh, this is where I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with the rest of it. So should we, should we round yeah. out the decor and then move on to forwards then? Yeah, because I'm going to say now I know my third and my third pairing is way more expensive than yours. I know oh, it because I, oh, I spent yes. right, I spent more on my third pairing D. I've I've won then. I've won. I'll tell you now. I've won. <laughs> Uh, go on then. You can you can do this. So my uh, my third pairing is going to be on right defence. I've got Ryan Pullock, who uh, had a decent enough year with the with the Islanders. He's a young D man. I think he's got a lot more to prove. Thirty seven points though with the with the Islanders last year, and I think he's twenty three, twenty four. Yet he is twenty four, and he comes at a two million flat. But the the jewel of the crown in this defensive core, Dan Eric Gustafson of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks 56 points from the back end last year and comes in at a whopping 1.2 million dollars that's a good deal I, I didn't know what I didn't even see that that's a great that's a great pickup the the thing for me with picking Gustafson was again I, I probably took this far too seriously than I should have really um, <laughs> as I said at the start <laughs> he's only had one good year so if he repeats great if not, he's a UFA afterwards, so we can just pick up another third pairing D man, or maybe even have my seventh D man step in to take over Gustafson's role. Who, who have you got for your wildly too expensive third pairing D? 
So my third... Because, as we've discussed before, I fucking love good defence. I love a scrappy 1-0. I'm not about, you know, 7-6 or 6 five. I'll take a 1-0. Or if I keep a clean sheet, I can always nick a goal. So uh, I've uh, I've taken Brandon Montour from the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, yeah, yeah. 3.39. That's expensive, though, for third pairing D. That's, I mean, that's a lot. I'm playing all my D 20 minutes exactly every night. No one's getting more minutes. That's it. <laughs> They're all limited. And for my next pick, uh, somebody who was a bit of an unsung hero, I thought, but did a very good job. And I'm taking uh, I'm taking Michael Kempney from the Caps uh, okay. at, uh, at 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, like I've... Uh, the, the thing with this exercise is like, you're very rarely gonna find a player that's like, no, he's abject, abjectly bad. Like you, yeah, he's terrible. You have picked a bad player there. Like nobody's got bloody um, Eric Branson on their team or anything like that. Kempney's fine, fair play. I mean, he's not Eric Gustafsson, but that's fine. Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was your uh, who was your depth player? Uh, my my seventh D man is gonna be uh, Matt Grizzlick for one point four. You've way overpaid there for depth. <laughs> Ah, well, well, says says a man who's dropped. How, how much is um, what Kempney's two point five? Yeah. So you're spending like seven million on your um, or six million on yours uh, on your third pairing. I think I can afford to uh, have yes, one point four on my depth D man. Because all my pairs are going to be fresh every night. They're playing twenty minutes, and that's it. <laughs> my uh, and my my depth winner. Is not only good in the room, he's not only won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Jesus he's, Christ. He's also he also had a Stanley Cup won for him by his team. Oh you I'm taking fucker. Michael Delzato from the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> you absolute fucker. <laughs> You're like one of those weird serial killers who's like out in public and talking about where they've hidden the bodies and stuff like that. So true. <laughs> only then to just Huh. Well, how how did we not know? How did we not see when he dropped this when he dumped this body on the police station torso? How did we <laughs> not know it was him? As soon as we start the show, I want to talk about Michael Delzato. Okay, you see. <laughs> yeah. It's true. The worst serial killers always hide in plain sight. They never get suspected. There you go. An MDZ drop on my on my depth D. I I just think <laughs> I th- I think long term, Mister Grizzlick is more than gonna uh, gonna provide the. The value that I'm looking for out of his deal. You have a fair point. You have a fair point. This this already proved to me that I think now we only have one sentiment that we agree on. Oh, really? Yes, because my first line, my first line is at center. I'm taking God Himself, Patrice Bergeron. Oh, oh there we go. Yeah, that's that's what I thought was going to be different. Um, yeah. How how can I not take the best defensive forward to ever play the game? Yeah, I said it. To ever play the game. But what about um, what nope. about Guy Carbono? Don't want to hear it. Hall of Famer Guy Carbono. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a joker, don't want to hear it. Patrice Bergeron's just. I had. To, this is what I'm saying. There's a couple of like I had to pick him. I had to pick him. He was the first player on my team, and I built this team around him. Really? Yeah. See, I, I think the first player on my team. Was also is also going to be on your team, and if he's not, then you're that. That's probably quite silly. Um, okay, just to sorry before we get into that, yeah, just to, just to round out my top line. Oh god, 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 hit me! I took a nice cheap Taylor Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. On my left wing at six million, 
And this is the, the this is definitely the one I thought you might be contentious with. I've got a a, a nice uh, Jacob Bate Gensel on the oh, highway. You bastard! You bastard! <laughs> I almost took him. I did almost take him. Yeah, I've gone a slightly different route than, on, uh, than Jake Gensel. So I've got Ted Hall on left wing. Like you can't. Yeah. How can you? How can you turn him down? Even even yeah. if it's just for a year, perfect. Uh, on right wing, I've got Nikolai Ehlers for six mil. Okay, yeah, good job. Oh, yeah, to be fair, yeah, that's a uh, kind of same for same, really. Yeah, good player, I'd say. Yeah, 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 very much similar to to old Jake Gensel. Uh, and this is what I'm saying, like, yeah, the lines they're not set in stone, sort of thing. Uh, and then in the centre, we got Nathan McKinnon. He's uh, yeah, he was the first player that I thought of when it came to this uh, this exercise. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Obviously. Yep, naturally. Why would you Why would you turn down Nate McKinnon for uh, to, for a turn in your in your team? I'd imagine he might be your second line centre, but I won't ruin that. Do you want me to crack on with my second line there, Dan? Oh, off you go. Yeah. So in the middle, I've got Sasha Barkov at five point nine. Oh, that's nice. He yeah, that's nice. The second player on my team, um, flanked by Victor Arvidsson for four point two five mil, and nice. Chris Kreider for four point six two five. Ooh, okay. a, a late okay. a late addition when I was I was doing a couple of tweaks and squeezed a bit more money elsewhere. So uh yeah I thought I thought Chris Kreider, good player. So my, my second line centre, obviously, yeah, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. I I just I mean, Christ. If you if you're not picking Nathan McKinnon, you're not even are you even a hockey fan? I don't think so. I mean the the guys are got six point three million for the next five seasons, something along those no, next four seasons. That's Insane, twenty-three year old, and he's probably going to win a heart within at least one, if not two, of those seasons to come. So yeah, he's pretty good. My uh, my right wing, again, we've already mentioned uh, Mr. Kevin LeBanc for a million dollars. A million dollars, Jesus Christ, absolutely ridiculous. And then uh, my left wing is uh, Max Domi, who I oh, thought okay. had a fantastic season last season at three point one five, which is a, another nice little year? deal. Oh, see, now you're asking me. What do you have, like... What? Yeah, like, do, 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 do. Uh, 72 60. points. 72, is that it? Jeez, Louise. Yeah. All right. That's that's pretty good. That's, was that more than you thought or less than you thought? That's more than I thought. I thought he was flirting yeah. with 60, which still would have been really yeah, no, good. 72. 72 points, that's... Um, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good, I suppose, isn't it? So how about your, uh, how about your third line? Who are you sitting with? That's my third line. I started off with, again, maybe another kind of player who might surprise you, but I went for Sean Monaghan in my centre. yeah. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Good player. I've I've gone for I've gone for centre depth, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Uh, Sean Monaghan, yeah, six point three seven five. I think he had some like eighty. Do do do. What did he have? He had eighty two points last year in seventy eight games. So he's more he's than a point really per game. Good. I had another aforementioned player, uh, Ryan Zingle, three point three seven. Yeah. I mean, no, no. Okay, I'm gonna say yeah, no, no. <laughs> This is your fantasy team, Dan, and you've picked a one-hit wonder. An expensive got, and old one-hit wonder at that. If you got to remember as well, it's like these players are playing with superb players around them, so he's going to get even better. Yeah, in theory, no. And then this was my my third line right winger was my shot in the dark. Okay, he was my he was my I I wanted to pick I wanted to I wanted to try and pick a player that maybe nobody would have thought of or. Unless you looked at them and really sort of looked at, you know, point production and that kind of thing, you would have thought, oh, God, yeah, actually, this is surprising, but he could he could fit there. I've taken a, I've taken Brandon Peary from the Golden Knights. Oh, 
no! <laughs> oh, I thought I thought he was my ace in the hole. <laughs> Did you all take this, him as well? All this week where I've been bragging about, oh, there's one player. There's one player you won't have remembered. It's Brandon Fury. <laughs> was it that him? Oh, mate. Yeah, you said to me I've picked one very important player who's, you know, like a sneaky pick, and I was thinking... Who the hell is it? Yeah, okay, yeah, Brandon Puri. In his last two seasons, in the AHL and NHL combined, 115 points in 119 games. He's uh, he's pretty, Even if you just look at his NHL titles, like, he's, he's scored like 118 points in just under 300 games or something. Like, he's just really good. Yeah, <laughs> but he just can't stick for whatever reason. Making three quarters of a million. Madness. Absolutely just madness. Just insane. Okay, your third line then? Okay, well, you know, you mentioned you mentioned players that are a little bit surprising in the uh, in the point production. My uh, my left wing is Tyler Batuzzi, one point four million for the Red Wings. I didn't realise the guy had fifty points last year. Well, forty seven in seventy three. No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler Batuzzi a good player, and I th- I think he spent most of the year with Larkin and Mantha on that top line. But Tyler, yeah, for that cap hit. Yeah, for for that cap hit. And to play yeah. with Larkin, and then to go from playing with Larkin to playing with Sid the Kid Crosby as your third line centre, I think he'll probably be all right. Yeah, I think he'll do okay. I think he'll do okay. So I've got Sid Crosby for 8.7 mil as my third line centre, and then Sam Reinhardt <laughs> on the right hand side, who had a, an, an equally decent season. I want to say he flirted with 70. He probably didn't, and I'm going to sound like a mug now, but let's just double check that. Good, good young player. So Sam's what three and a half? No, three point six five, sixty-five points, eighty-two games playing with a uh, playing with Jack Eichel. I think a, a third line of Batuzzi, Crosby, and Reinhardt is probably going to be all right. Okay, so uh, what was your fourth line then? My fourth line, uh, Jordan Wheel is my fourth line centre. Wow, one point four million. He he's one of these players that like he's a former. He was AHL MVP when he won. The uh, the quarter cup with the Manchester Monarchs in two thousand fourteen. He's just one of these. He's like really quite skilled, but has never really worked out. I feel yeah. like he he has a chance to be a bit of a Sam Garnier sort of player. The the thing that really stuck out to me. So he's playing for the Canadians now. Uh, Ten points in sixteen games while he was playing for the Canadians. I think he's got a chance of. Yeah, you, know, you could get worse fourth line centers than Jordan Wheel. And and again, if you've got a top nine that's Centred by McKinnon, Barkov and Crosby, you don't really need to play your fourth line at all, to be yeah. quite frank. Um, then either side of him, I've got Robbie Fabry on a one-year prove-it deal for 900 grand. Kevin LeBanc, <laughs> one million, fourth line <laughs> right-winger. I think he'll be all right. Fair enough. Uh, as I said, I went, I went for centre depth. Pretty much all the same kind of play, really. I had uh, Mark Shifley as my fourth oh. line centre. See, I, I had Shifley penciled in initially. But uh, he was a bit rich for my blood. On the right wing, Vinny Hinostroza, uh, 39.72 games last year. For a fourth line guy, uh, I'll, I'll take that. I think that's, uh, I think that's okay. It's pretty decent, pretty decent. On my fourth line. And then uh, finally, uh, Anthony Duclair from the Sens at 1.6. Yeah, yeah I, I almost had Duclair as well, but it, he, yeah. he was where I'd, where I'd squeezed a little bit and, and thought I'd go for someone a bit cheaper. Yeah, 33 and 74. And then for my depth... I had uh, Marcus Granlund from the Oilers at 1.3, and I had Mario Kempe from the Kings at 
Okay, yeah, they're not didn't bad really, scratches. Didn't really, yeah, I didn't really think too much about depth. I'll be honest, it was just players I could fit in, apart from Delzato, which was just for lols. <laughs> you fucking bastard. <laughs> so my, my two forward scratches are Brandon Piri, aforementioned. The, the, the thing I was thinking with Piri, rather than putting him straight into the lineup, which I think is a bit risky on your part, Dan, um, <laughs> I want to I limit him to about 30 games just so he has his, his optimum impact. Okay, yeah. Drops in, scores like 15 goals in 30 games, and then I'll just send him down to the AHL for the rest of the season. Or oh, oh, then he's then he's fresh for the then he's fresh for the postseason. Ex- exactly where he can bag <laughs> the goal of game and win the con smile. Yeah, <laughs> win the con smile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my, my other scratch is going to be Nick Ritchie, young young man by the name of Nick Ritchie. Who? Uh, yeah, fair enough. Again, like the 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 thought is, it's a relatively flexible team. So I've only got. One forward UFA after the first season. That's Taylor Hall, and then four RFAs, and then only one uh, defensive UFA, Eric Gustafson, and then two D RFAs. So like it's yeah, the the team's got this this fluidity. You know, your, your Matt Grizzlicks and your your Nick Richies aren't going to be scratched for the long term. They're going to be squeezing into that lineup at some point. It's it's hard, isn't it? Like it's hard because because there's that pressure of of actually building a really good team. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely um having the having the no ELCs allowed was made it a lot more interesting. Because you can just cheat the system with that. You think if you think you put three ELC players even on your fourth line, God what you you know, you probably you're probably saving a good five you know, around about five million dollars. Oh yeah, you and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you can fit in fucking Ovechkin or Kane or someone like that into your team and it's just a bit I don't know it just seems a bit cheaty just a bit yeah yeah just a bit sort of cheap really isn't it yeah but then as you mentioned Will uh, we needed to pick a coach and a GM as well but you could only pick a coach or a GM obviously from a team you've not already picked and I feel that my coach and my GM is going to be better than yours I'm just going to call it now I'm going for Brad True Living as my GM hmm no, I'm not. I've changed my mind. I wrote that. Down. I wrote. I wrote it down, but I did change my mind at the time. I'm going for Brian McClellan. I don't like okay. any of the GMs I got left. To be quite frank, oh, I, you see, I, I do. I, I like Tre Living until I remember that he signed James Neal last year, and that's not going well. So I feel like by default, I can't choose Tre Living. King Snake. And then for for my coach, I'm going for newly minted Dallas Aikens as my coach. That's a shame because I thought you were going to take the Hydra from Philly. No, absolutely not. I want to win some games. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Well, my coach is Joel Cranville. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Panthers. I've he's won three Stanley Cups. Well, yeah, he's alright, I suppose. But he's not bad. He's not bad. And then uh, the master, the master manipulator himself. I'll, I'll take uh, Steve Eisenman from the Detroit Red Wings <sighs> as my GM. You fucker. I mean, come on, Cranville and oh, Eisenman. If nothing else, I've got that. <laughs> That is good, especially when you've got decent centres as well. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I feel your team is a lot more. I think your team's more balanced. I've definitely gone. I've gone centre heavy, and then I've gone D and centre heavy because I like to play a tight, close, boring game that that annoys fans. So <laughs> that's kind of my team. <laughs> is that, yeah, I know you've got a good team. Though. You've got a good team. I could have made it a lot easier on myself because. You could have swapped out Nate McKinnon for Nazem Kadri and saved yourself a bit of money there, but 
that McKinnon deal is so ridiculous. The, it's the, so ridiculous. You couldn't not have it. Kadri's an incredible player, but yeah. What do you and if you're looking at if you're looking at it as a legitimate a legitimate team and like somebody getting second or third line minutes, yeah, Kadri, of course, because McKinnon be in the top line. But when you're building a roster like this, oh, like against that McKinnon deal, just Kadri's got no chance. Even so, like the chasm of skill between McKinnon and Kadri is worth much more yeah. than 1.8 million in cap space. Yeah, exactly. And this is the thing. So, like my my original team had um had Mika Zibanejad instead of Crosby. Good good player. And then I had players like I had Timo Meyer instead of Kevin LeBanc. I had Duclair and I had Andre Kasher. And it's just little things like that. I just thought, actually, no, I can I can squeeze Sid Crosby in there. Let's do something about it. Like, why would you not take advantage of that Kevin LeBanc contract? When, you know, yeah, exactly. In the long run, Timo Meyer is going to be a better player, but you're still going to get a thoroughly good player out of Kevin LeBanc for $5 million less against the cap. I still can't believe... You've got bloody Ryan Zingle in in your fantasy team. <laughs> well, there's limits to what I can do here. Like, you know, I don't know. Hold way... on, hold on. I'm not having this. I'm not having this. Ryan Zingle. Was he? Was he make three point three two five? Uh, three point three seven five. Three point three seven five. Stay on the line corner. I'm going to prove you wrong. Three point seven five. Yeah, I'm, I'm three point three seven. I'm sorry, three seven five. Were you? Who did you pick out of Buffalo? Brandon Montour. Yes, I've was, gone. D, I've gone D heavy. That's why. There's too much, um, too much shuffling to really, uh, to really make it effective. Come on, all right, come on then. Let's let's have a look. There's. I'm going to give you a better player. I'm going to give you a better. While player. While Will's doing this, let's take a look at that clip. <laughs> Listen. I agree, but I've set this team up in my mould. I want six really, at least, really good defensemen. And I wanted oh, centre depth, so that's what I've gone for. Who, who is your sixth defenseman, Michael Kempney? Yeah. I wouldn't call Michael Kempney really good. He was good in that cup. All right. I wanted, I wanted a third pair that was at least good. <laughs> not just like scrubs who are making like 700 grand. I mean, I'm not... Ryan Zingle, bloody hell! You could you could have swapped Zingle for Verana, or Kempney for Verana rather, and then Zingle for some sort of good Carolina D-man. Some um, sort of good Carolina D-man. Trevor Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, you could have had Hayden Flurry, who's on a standard standard deal. Oh, mate, beautiful. Yeah, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't fancy I, that. I, re- I reckon Hayden Flurry is going to be as good as Michael Kempney is this year. Yeah, and, but he's and, not right now, is he? And you, you can't just, just reckon, Will. You yeah, can't just it, guess it, at these things. Yeah, but you're not playing in the past, are you, Dan? You're playing next season. And it it have freed I, up. It have freed up like two million for you. I like how, I like how before when we were talking about Ryan Zingle and we said like, yeah, no, actually, yeah, you know, it's a fair enough deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when it comes to fitting in a player under the cap, no, it's terrible. That's a no, terrible it's, deal. It's a way. fair enough deal in like the reality of the NHL, but we're talking about building a team from scratch where you have picks of almost every single player imaginable. The Vine Zingle deal is fair considering Carolina's needs 
considering it's the UFA market, so you add an extra 15, 20% on, on a, uh, an AAV for a UFA anyway. Yeah, but it's, it's fair considering my needs <laughs> as the general manager as general manager of this team. And don't forget, don't forget, I've got Steve Eisenman. He'll work his magic and sort this team out in no time if he has to. He'll come in and say, Dan, I like what you've done. But I'm going to have to make a couple, a couple of, of bits. A couple of tinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, this, this is what I was thinking about as well. Like Even if you can't retain all your RFAs and stuff like that, imagine just having that trade capital. Oh my God, yeah. So oh, I, can't afford, I can't afford to keep on Andre Vasilevsky because I've run out of cap space. I'll, I'll just have to trade him for like 45 first rounders. Like, <laughs> see you later. Yeah. I'll essentially trade him for a team's entire goalie roster and hope that one of them yeah, ends up being as good as him. That, that single, was the single contract one you knew that was going to be a sticking point? But um, yeah, I, yeah I, I agree it was probably the... I thought it would be the one that you had the most problem with. But then I thought, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> He's a third liner. I don't, I don't really mind. Yeah, out, out of all the, all the problems to have, Ryan Zinkel's not, uh, not the worst thing. Can I, can yeah, I on, your third, on your third line. Can I make one last uh, amendment that I feel I've, I've uh, overlooked to stay on brand? Please do. Which I, which I feel I, sh- I should probably do. Can I, uh, can I swap out Sidney Crosby for Leon Dreisaitl and save 200 grand in the cap? <laughs> if you don't have any oilers on your team, then yes, of course you can. Uh, no, I don't, fortunately. So what I'll, I'll swap Crosby for Dreisaitl, save 200 grand on the cap, and have uh, Mike Johnson as my coach instead of Dallas Akins. So now I'm guaranteed to win. Two time Stanley Cup winner, just so you know. Dude. Let's not get I'm not gonna get into this as much as I want to, but dropping out Crosby for dry sidle is fucking insane. <laughs> oh I know it is. That's <laughs> way worse than my Dingle contract. <laughs> way worse. Yeah but I've got to stay on brand though, haven't I? <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I see and I've stayed on brand. I'm playing defensive, mind numbing, boring hockey. Well, that, That's what I like. Okay, so who's what's going to make more of a difference? Just, just to finish this up before we end up spending the entire bloody night arguing about this. <laughs> Your third line centre being Sid Crosby versus Leon Dreisaitl, who, may I remind you, is eight years younger than Sid Crosby. Nine years younger, in fact. How many cups has he got again? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be that guy. Yeah, no, none so far because he's playing... Okay. He's surrounded by dross, such as Colin oh, okay, David. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the so, so the drop off from Crosby to Drysdale in a third line centre role is that as much as the drop off from Mike Johnson to Dallas Aikens as a coach? Hang on, Mike. You mean Mike Sullivan? <laughs> is it Mike Sullivan? Mike Johnson's yeah. the other one, the one that they sacked. <laughs> yeah. No, I stand by. I stand by what I said. I stand by it. I regret nothing. I want the guy who was sacked 30 games into the season because he couldn't do anything with Crosby and Morgan. (laughs) Oh, God. What's what's more important? It's a fair point. Do you know what? Do you know what? Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Your your downgrade is minute in third-line centre role, but your upgrade on coaching is now insane. It is... Is Crosby to Drysdale a downgrade? Yes. Who um, who had hundred points and fifty goals this season? Was it 
All right, even for you being on brand, this is a poor troll attempt. <laughs> I think, I think, young Leon Drysdale. Oh, sure. <laughs> if it wasn't Kevin LeBanc, I'd have had Tim Heaton, I think. Fucking old man Crosby. Old man Crosby. He's 32. He's 32. I've got to look to the future, Dan. Clearly passed it. And and Drysdale was cheaper. <laughs> cheaper, scores more goals, has more years of virility left in him. Isn't as much of a crybaby. Exactly, exactly. Inf- yeah, what's, what's, what's not to love? He's infinitely more German than Crosby is, so I have to take him. As, and as we started the show, German efficiency as well. Exactly. Crosby got that, has he? No. I, w- I want to I invest in that before it takes over the rest of the hockey world. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, we're on, we're on that German efficiency bandwagon already. But there we go. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. That's, uh, in case you want to do your own, just a reminder, quickly a reminder of the rules. 21 skaters, two goalies. You can only have one player per team. No UFAs, no RFAs, no ELCs. And you must fit under the cap. And then your coach and GM must obviously be from teams you haven't got. But uh, yeah, very good. I will say something. I was trying very hard to get somehow get Jimmy Shull on this list, and I just couldn't. Because <laughs> well, he hasn't signed his deal yet. No, that's the thing. It was one of the things I wanted to do, and I kept looking like, no, no, I can't, I can't even try and fudge it in any way. But I just, I wanted to get him in it somehow, but I couldn't. <laughs> when he when he signs the identical to Eric Carlson deal that he deserves. <laughs> At some point, which will get in arbitration. <laughs> that's, that's when we can redo this and, and include Jimmy Schultz. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it goes without saying, um, but thank you very much to Cat Friendly for existing and enabling us to accurately do this sort of nonsense and just in general throughout the entire summer. If it weren't for Cat Friendly, we'd all be fucked. And not even two goons like me and Will who are just two fucking dorks from England online who love hockey doing this for lols. I mean, like, everybody, everybody needs to fucking pay. Do they have Do they have a donation page on Cap Friendly? Do they have a donation thing? They must do. I mean, I try not to look for that thing, and I, I still owe Wikipedia, like, 30 quid. So, I think they... Because I feel... I, 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 I don't think they do. That's insane. Because they, they've got ads. Somebody, please, so, somebody, please pay. Cat friendly, a ton of money because everybody in the hockey world uses it. Yeah, the the worry with that is though, I I don't know who the guy is that does cat friendly. Tom, Andrew. <laughs> anyway, whoever it is, he's, he's just going to get hired by Dog. somebody, isn't he? <laughs> don't pay too much attention. Don't Actually, good don't point. value good the point. service too much because then we won't be able to use it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Yeah, good point. Actually, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Cap Friendly, thank you so much. You can do an amazing job. Fucking, let's get out of here. How have we done two hours already on <laughs> two, ridiculous? Two hours, ten minutes on effectively nothing. On effectively nothing. On effectively dicking about with a fantasy team. That, that was it. It was 50 minutes on Zach Smith for Artem and Isimov, and then <laughs> the rest of it on a fantasy team. And then is Ryan Zingle a Leon Dreisaitl comparison or not? That's what we did <laughs> oh, this don't. entire show. Don't. No, don't, don't, don't. We didn't even talk about off right. Oh, yeah, never we've, mind. We've had our fun. It's not going to happen ever again. Okay, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, if you're going to get in touch with us, you can. We are on Twitter. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Or you are at W E V E V E R E T T. At two bits, one puck, number two, number one. Will, any last words? Um, yeah, if you do follow me, it's basically just every other day I'll send out a tweet saying 
Evangelion has blown my mind even more. So um, it'll be that for probably another three or four days until I finish it, and then I'll be back to scheduled programming of no tweets. So give it a follow. As always, well, stay on brand. Take it easy, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.